Hey everyone, welcome to JoJo's World. A good King of Day fighters to you, sir. For it is the day of King of Fighters. Technically a sentence. I guess I'm Liam S. Smith, one of your co-hosts. And I'm Nick Ballantyne, the other one of the co-hosts. This is JoJo's World, our JoJo's Bizarre Adventure recap and discussion podcast, where today we are recapping and discussing not one, not two, but three episodes of King of Fighters Destiny, the second in a row of video game adaptations that we're doing, because apparently that's what we do now. We have the biggest crossover nerd fan base that you could possibly hope for, you know? We got JoJo's, which is clearly just a giant music reference. We have Castlevania, which is clearly just a giant video game reference. Now we have King of Fighters, which is... Um, also a video game reference. Which is soulless and empty. <laughs> but my god, is it good? I'm Liam S. Smith, one of your co-hosts. Uh, you already said that, and I'm Nick Ballantyne, the other one of the co-hosts. Great! Excellente! End of podcast. Right, and I'm Nick Ballantyne, the other one of the co-hosts. So, Nick. Yes. Nick, Nick, Nick. Yes. Um, King of Fighters, Destiny. Where is Terry Bogart? He's around, he's up in the mix. But where is he? We don't have any new Patros today? No, less. Okay, great. I love it. <laughs> We, um, I love how people can't afford to support us right now because of the collapsing global economy and the pandemic. Yeah, it's not even that. I love that. <laughs> it's not even that big of a problem. It's just like, oh, okay, we, we haven't got anyone new. Because... I mean, we're still covering our costs for the year, so... Oh, God, yes. Oh, God, yes. Which is okay. Thank you, everyone. Thanks, Thanks patrons. Hey, I'm going to take a brave stance today and thank everyone. The fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> what, what do you think this is? We're not oh. just... We're not just giving the shit. No, no. So put the brave. Hands down. Put them down. Put the. That's right, put... everyone. Today I'm giving each of you all your own individual stand messages. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> we don't have time for this. Do you know how many people that is? That's like six billion people. Nick, um, we start with I... A. A. Ron. When <laughs> Aaron A. Aronson. <laughs> Nick, um, I've got two things I want to talk about before we jump into uh, recap and discussion mode today. Hit me. The first is a, a thought I was having about uh, uh, this past week about this show versus uh, Castlevania, like the different approaches they're taking. Uh-huh. Because what, what really struck me, and I assume it's going to stay the same, same, but I might be surprised, uh, but it, the way in which Castlevania was very much attempting to be a like show with legitimate themes and had you know was trying to say things to, to varying degrees of success about, evocative characterization about like the nature of revenge mm. and and mm. trust season three very much a trust theme season yeah yep. uh, and and obviously it's huge hate on for organized religion of course uh whereas i'm entirely expecting king of fighters destiny to be entirely devoid of any deeper <laughs> meaning and and that's that's good it's great well it's not necessarily good <laughs> But I think it's it's a refreshing change of pace to just watch something entirely puerile once in a while. This is like you've gone to high class restaurants for ten years. Never once have you deviated from these high class. There's like three. Yeah, this is right. And this and this is an abrupt pull into the McDonald's drive-through on the way home. And suddenly you have like a thick shake, and you're like, oh god, yes, I needed Put this. Put that big mouth in my. Big mouth. Put that <laughs> Big Mac in my tummy. You're at the drive-thru. It's like, uh, good morning, sir. What can I get you? Uh, can you get me a Big Mouth? I'm sorry. What? We, we don't. Sell... Oh, you want to watch Netflix's Big Mouth no, by no, Nick Kroll? No, no, no. I want a Big Mouth. Um, I want Nick Kroll's Big Mouth. If on you my can, mouth. If you can do that, I actually specifically. don't like him very much. Uh, that's probably on purpose. He he does a very good asshole character. No, not not as a character. Oh. 
Oh, well, touche. <laughs> Nick, the other thing that I wanted to talk about today before we get into it is um, inspired by my revolutionary famous tweet, uh, mm. put Bruno in arms. Okay. Yep. Because go he's got all those zip sprungy attacks. Where is this going, Liam? Where is this going? What, um, of, of the big fighting game franchises we can think of in these subsequent moments, mm-hmm. what JoJo character would you like to see in each of them? Oh, God. So are you saying what would I like so, to see? So an example that I think is a, is a good one to start us off, uh-huh. uh, obviously put Bruno in arms, uh, but of I course. think... Uh, for one, uh, Dio in Mortal Kombat would be a good fit. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, of course, his uh, fatality move would be jamming his fist right through your chest <laughs> and out the other side. Amazing. Um, you know, Jonah would probably be really good in Street Fighter. Oh, yeah, I think that's a good Because he's choice. a young delinquent. Mm-hmm. Um, who would he'd, fit? He'd really fit right in with, um, with Ryu because he looks exactly like him. Yes. <laughs> he would be like the dark counterpart that is an evil, like, Akuma. Yes. Is it Akuma? I think yeah. it's Akuma. Uh, That's a guy. Yeah. You'd probably have to have someone like... I'm trying to think Tekken here. Yeah, Tekken. Is that a young Joseph Joestar would fit in pretty well? Maybe. Maybe, yeah. Possibly. Or or Jonathan Joestar? No, Jonathan would be more of a King of Fighters guy. Oh, okay. Simpler character. Mm -hmm. like Pure of heart. Pure of heart. He's just a normal, everyday guy. Yep. Ah. Hmm... Blaz Blue. No, what was the what was the one we were struggling on? Tek- oh, Tekken. Tekken. Yeah, I reckon Joseph would be a good fit in Tekken because Joseph can. Or actually would Joseph fight. be better suited for Smash? Ooh, Joseph might be better suited for Smash because he has a lot of items. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so he's probably good, better good for, for Smash. those B moves. True, but then who's like a good martial artist kind of guy for, for Tekken? For Tekken, huh? Yeah. Hmm. Mm. Just thinking about all the JoJo's <laughs> characters. Who trained Joseph again? Zapelli. No, Lisa Lisa. Lisa Lisa could be a good fit for Tekken. Yeah, Lisa Lisa would fit into Tekken. She has just enough extra to pull it off. Or Dyer. Or Dyer. The guy with the one attack who uses his attack and (laughs) it never works. Yeah, but then you'd always lose in Tekken. I don't want to lose in Tekken. (laughs) Uh, Polnareff into Soul Calibur is an easy easy fit. Of course. And who would go into Blaze Blue X Persona cross tag battle? (laughs) Because we just got to nip all of that in the one game <laughs> to avoid all of the lore of Blazblue. Mm-hmm. I reckon a good one would be... I mean, any stand user is an easy fit into Persona, really. Yeah, into Persona... Well, not really. Anyone from high school, from like part four, is no. a good fit. Josuke, Okiyasu, yeah. Koichi. Exactly. Koichi would be a perfect fit for the Persona fight. I don't game. think Koichi is a fair to pick because he's so small, so his hitbox is that much smaller. All right, Yoda, calm down. It's like how, um, I think it was in, I may or may not be correct on this, but I think in the Heritage for the Future Part 3 2D fighting game from like the 90s or whatever, Mm -hmm. uh, Iggy and Pet Shop both had very small hitboxes on account of being small animals. Yep, yep, that that tracks. (laughs) Who would you, which Jojo character would you put in that game? But the, but, 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 but Liam, they're already there. Oh. Wait. Which parts? Does it go up to part three? That one is just part three. Just part three. What other part character would you put in there? Giorno Giovanna. Interesting. Interesting. Why Giorno? Uh, he's stylish. True, he is stylish. You would put Giorno Giovanna into fucking Blaz Blue. Yeah. Absolutely. He's got you enough would. stupid bullshit going in exactly. with his attacks that you could do mad Blaz Blue combos. And you're like, wait, but we're traveling through time. And Jono's like, that's the secret. Mm-hmm. We've always been traveling through Mister time. Mr. would also be a good fit for Blaz Blue. 
because they got all those gun attacks in some of the characters in that game. Mister. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yep. that'd be good. Shit, the entire crew would be good in Blaz Blue. Are there any other good fighting games that we know of? Who would you put? Okay. I was going to say Samurai Showdown. Stick with me, stick with me. Who yeah. would you put in Arm Joe, the anime fighting game based on Les Mis? <laughs> Um, we, we've talked about Arm Joe before, have right? we? Have we ever talked about this Surely mysterious... we must have. Have we ever discussed the mysterious hacker yeah, Arm Joe? You know, I don't know what that is. You know the mysterious hacker 4chan? No. That someone... Is that like a... Um... It's a Fox News bit where they were like, who is the mysterious hacker 4chan? Okay. I was going to ask if it was like a... Um... Ghost in the Shell standalone complex Oh, thing. God, no. Oh, God, no. What's the name of the guy in that? Mr. Smiles? Or... Oh, the Laughing Man? Yeah, that's it. Mr. Smiles. <laughs> Mr. Smiles. Mr. He Smiles. hacked my eyes. <laughs> he hacked my face. What did he do? He made me smile a lot. It was really irritating. Um, I don't remember my so, family. So, um, Joe, you've got, uh, you've got Jean Valjean. Okay, yes. You've, you've got... got Javert. Yeah. You've got Eponine. You've got Enjolras. Who the hell is Enjolras? He's the leader of the Friends of the ABC, the revolutionary movement that built a barricade and then all die. This is a weird DK You've rap got parody. Marius Pommessy, whose special <laughs> abilities involve all of his dead revolutionary friends because he has a song about survivor's guilt. Is he the one who has the song where he's like standing over their bodies and just being like, oh, they're all piled up here, but I'm going to keep fighting? No. Okay. Well, the song I'm thinking of, he's in the cafe they used to all hang out with and he's like, this is where my friends used to sit. And now they are not here because they're dead. Mm, I don't remember him. Okay, cool. Uh, he marries Cosette. Oh, and then what's her face is all like, ah! yeah, yeah, yeah. Eponine. Eponine. Of course, Blame Is isn't only a musical. It's also a novel by Victor Hugo, but I mostly know it as the musical. But uh, on ABC iView, I think it's a BBC production. There's also a dramatic adaptation of Blame Is. Yeah, from America. Oh, I thought it was a BBC thing. Is it a BBC thing? I assumed so. I have no idea. Of course, Blame Is is French. <laughs> This is our lame is discussion <laughs> podcast. About a Japanese show, King of Fighters. Yeah. Um, and I just want to circle back, of course, there is also Robo-Jean. Robo-Jean? Yeah, in the game. Who the hell is Robo? It's oh, is Ro he the last? It's Robot Jean Valjean. Is he the end boss? Actually, no, that's that's the person you... personification of the concept of justice is the uh... end boss. Oh, actually, also, just bringing it back to Jojo for a sec. Cassette <laughs> is very much a stand user sort of character in that game yeah. because all of her attacks are standing there and looking distressed and then Jean Valjean leaps in from the side <laughs> and does attacks for her. I was just thinking, the end boss, the personification of justice... Would just be like, at first, it's literally a statue of justice. Cracks emerge, justice pops out, rips off the blindfold, picks up like a musket, and is justice like. Justice was, of course, if I remember correctly, Enya and her fog monster. <laughs> yes. I suppose ultimately, if I had the choice, I would put George Joestar the first in that game. Well, that's pretty fitting. You know, that's like of the time. Yeah. I, I guess. But at the same time, wouldn't you also want to put... Um... Speedwagon? Speedwagon would fit in. Speedwagon would so fit in. He'd be about all those values. Yeah, and like... down in the street. Look down, look down. Yep, that'd be nice. That'd be nice. You could put Zapelli in there as well. True. I just like Les Mis a lot. <laughs> you seem to circle back to it a lot. I've, I've been listening to it a bit lately. Oh, interesting. You know, Hamilton's coming to Disney+. Plus. It's already out. Shit. I've soured on Hamilton since I learned about Lin-Manuel Miranda using oh. the fame he got from it to basically advocate for the massive corporate exploitation of hurricane-ravaged Puerto Rico. Oh, no. 
That's not good. But you know what we're here to talk about? King of Fighters. King of Fighters. We spent 15 minutes talking about any other fighting game other than the one we're meant to be talking about. But King of Fighters Destiny. Episode 2. So we watched this episode last week. But we were going a bit long. So we were like, eh, we'll just do it next week. So this week, we were like, ah... Oh, We'll just watch another one and then see how it goes. And we and then that up... one was nine minutes long. It was literally nine minutes long. So we were like, uh, no, let's just watch another one. Yeah. So we're going to try and get through three whole episodes of this breakneck paced show. <laughs> yeah. So Team Japan are in America, Southtown. They've left the airport and Ben Amaru is like, hey, there's a guy who runs a dojo here. Let's go figure out where that is. And maybe he'll want to fight me. Right? You are frantically looking for images. Oh, actually, we start off uh, still in the past as continuation of the Terry flashback oh, as right. dying Jeff is like, okay, so we got a new terrifying revelation about the Jeff House mailbox this week. More on that later. <laughs> Makes me so glad that we, we watched these two episodes in the same week. Oh my God. Uh, so dying Jeff is on the ground and young Terry and Andy are like, father, no, you're dying. And he's like, Terry, Terry, you and Andy need to go and live for me. And go see the martial arts master Tung Fu Ru and learn martial arts so you can kill Geese Howard. And Terry obviously is like, but dad, what about you? And so dad's all. Oh, he does that thing where he reaches out for Terry's face to do, presumably to stroke his face in the same way that the guy from Face Off strokes his kid's face. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, but then his arm falls down in that dramatic fashion, signifying that he is dead. And it's suddenly raining and they're out in the rain and they're like, Father, no. Um, Terry, I believe at this point, he holds onto his cap that he got for his birthday. He like stands up, turns around. Well, Andy is full of fatal fury and is like, I'll friggin' kill them. And Terry grabs him and is like, you can't even beat me up because he pushes him over. He's like, you can't even beat me up. How are you going to beat them up? God, you can't beat Geese being such a wimp. Come on. Crucially, Andy calls Terry a coward at this point, which will come back later. Because he's not willing to go and fight Geese right now because he doesn't want to die. Yeah. I suppose we were talking about the meaning of fatal fury last time. Mm. I suppose in a certain sense, Andy is filled with that very fatal fury right now. Because mm. if he went to go fight geeks full of wrath like this, he would die. Yeah. Just immediately. And he needs to go and train so that when he brings that fury mm. uh, as an adult, he really it will be it. fatal to geese. Excellent. And he will fall off his big tower <laughs> and die. Or so we hope. It's been 10 years since that day, and now I'm Terry, and I'm staring up at Geese Tower, foreshadowing things to come. My father's grave is still right here next to me. I'm standing by it. Here in Southtown, USA. Yep. So as I mentioned before, Ben Amaru and Team Japan are like, oh, we want to go to this dojo and fight this guy. Don't be, sh be sure to clap when I win, guys. It's me, Ben Amaru. Everyone loves me. <laughs> They get to the dojo, it's it's a very traditional looking Japanese building just in the middle of an American town and a bunch of men in suits run out of it and like get on their motorcycles and peel out. And a guy, uh, we get a big flash of his title card, Ryo Sakazaki. <gasps> Who's this guy? Uh, he looks... He looks a bit like Ken from Street Fighter. Mm. He was wearing a red gi and he's got yellow swooshy up hair. I wouldn't call it red. I'd call it legally distinct okay. from red. Orange. Yeah. I'd call it definitely not just a red gi. I'd call it definitely not just Street Fighter guy. Yeah. Ryo Sakazaki. Birthplace, Japan. He's still got blonde hair though. <laughs> I've just realised that. could be dyed. 
Or he oh. could be, it could be mixed race. Oh. Hmm. What? Weird thing to, I mean, he could just have I mean, he could hair. be. I don't know. Who knows? No one does. Who is Rio? Well, his job is dojo master. That's his job? Much like yeah. uh, Keo's father. Ah, mm. Big in America. Likes. The motorcycle he restored himself. Tatsumaki, brackets, horse he received. Okay. And his friend and sister. Oh. <laughs> Dislikes. Pickles. Bugs with a lot of legs. Like centipedes. Yeah. Millipedes. Presumably. Or geese Howard. Geese Howard, that bug. <laughs> his hobbies are DIY carpentry and growing vegetables at home. Man, get you a man who can do everything. Yeah, no, this guy's <laughs> sounding real like... Yeah, he's got this complete package. Yeah. His favourite food is rice cakes and his and fermented soybeans. Ooh, that doesn't or sound... Natto. That doesn't sound good. But... I think that's a that's a traditional Japanese dish. Yeah, which but... Which famously is quite stinky. Uh... I don't know if I like that. I don't know if I like that dish. Oh, Nick, do you care to guess what his forte in sports is? I think you'll be surprised. Is it kickboxing? No, it's sumo wrestling. Ooh! Wouldn't, wouldn't know what to look at him. He's quite slight of build. He is. Mm. That's a strange sport to take yeah. on. Yeah, that's really more of a Goro thing, I would expect. Yeah. His favourite music is country music. That I did not expect at all. So this is another one of the various protagonists who have made their way into King of Fighters. Uh, mm. Rio is the protagonist of Art of Fighting. Ah. Forming the first half of the Japanese series namesake. Uh, the Japanese name of this, that franchise is Moteki no Ryu. Uh, and he is the invincible dragon. Or Ryo. the dragon part of that, I guess. Mm. Sick. Mm. Interesting. You'll never guess this, Nick. Rio was created as an homage to Ryu from Street Fighter. What? It seems like a lot of these characters are being defined by their relationship to Ryu from Street Fighter <laughs> because they made Kyo very deliberately to be different. Not from, like Ryu. Yeah, yeah. And they made Rio to be like Ryu. And also, their names are all very similar. How interesting. Mm. Yeah, they're legally distinct from Ryu. But at the same time, a little bit like Ken, kind mm. of. Artist Shinkiro has expressed he had no trouble designing Rio in contrast to Robert Garcia due to Rio's poor state. I don't know what that means. Uh, okay, sure. SNK staff members Yuichiro Saeda said that Rio and Robert's debut was unique to other games based on the company because it did not focus on fighting tournaments, but instead on the duo's quest to save Yuri Sakazaki. Uh, which we see a bit of in these episodes. We're not giving her a thing yet. No. We don't have time for her yet. She doesn't have a title card. She doesn't have a hope in hell so getting on the show. So we won't do her bio yet. Get out of here. So Rio's whole deal is that uh, he is the older brother of Yuri and wants to rescue her and also look after his dojo. Of course. Yeah. It all makes sense now. On Rio's 10th birthday, his mother died in a tragic car accident. Immediately after, his father mysteriously left their home and left Rio to take care of Yuri. Forced to fend for himself and his sister's sake, Rio did this by partaking in construction work and tirelessly strived to defend his family's dojo. Nice. Remembering his father's lessons during his training, he also took up street fighting. Oh my god, it's like they just can't help themselves <laughs> being guy, like... This guy is a guy who does everything. They're just like, you know what, it's not Street Fighter, okay? But isn't it? It's No, it's not, it's not Ryu. It's Ryo. At first he did poorly, but after many years of persistence and learning the true meanings behind his father's teachings, mm -hmm. he got better. These meanings included, A man's strength cannot be known only by his fist. And real strength must be felt through the mind and heart. It's all very 
typical shonen protagonist stuff. I like it. I like it. Oh, okay. So in the first art of fighting, Yuri is kidnapped by Mr. Big, a local criminal mastermind of the dangerous city Southtown on behalf of Geese Howard. Oh, interesting. And that's probably what we're going to see in this. All right. Great. And now you know the rest of the story. Wait, but the story only just began. And now you know. So Ryo is chasing all these thugs away from his dojo. Ryo? Yep. And they... He's going to do that a lot. He gets... They all get onto motorcycles. And then he gets onto a motorcycle and tries to pursue them. And he revs it really hard. And the, um... The rev handle just falls off and he's like, oh, I'm going to run after them. Typical American shit. Stop right. And he runs away. And the one guy who was left on the ground, the one mook who was left on the ground, is like, oh, oh as Kyo, of course, our Japanese protagonist, of stands above him and he's like, hey, I've got some questions for you. What's what's going on? And the guy's all like, I ain't telling you nothing. And then Goro looms over him with his big Japanese sandals. And he's like, oh, I'll tell you anything you want. And then they all take a cab to the, the foot of Geese Tower for the next scene. <laughs> they arrive there before uh, Rio, who was who left on foot, but is now riding a very small bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even piece that together. He didn't get a bicycle when we last saw him. <laughs> he got along the way. Very Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. Um, when we say small bicycle, it's like, like a child-sized bicycle. It reminds me of some movie, but I can't remember what it is, where someone has a bicycle like that and they have to... It might be like Monsters, Inc. or something. I don't know. But he basically has a bicycle that's like for a small child. Yeah. And he's just like... <laughs> so they're all... They're, all the people who were just outside the dojo are now all just outside Geese Tower. <laughs> and now another man is there too. And we see him slam his big red pole into the concrete for the first of many times... <laughs> Uh, his name is Billy Kane. <gasps> Billy Kane? Um, he's wearing a bandana? He's wearing like an American flag bandana and a leather jacket. Ooh. So uh, we see this guy smash his uh, pole so many times into the into the street in these few episodes. And I really wanted them just to do a wide, wanted them to do a wide shot of just outside Geese Tower just having all these potholes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Geese is a very rich man. You'd be like, fix that. That's true. Fix that. You, you remarked to me when I was watching it, like, wow, the street breaks here really easily. It really does. Like, that is made of wood. And they're just like, wazum, like eight times. Wazum, Billy Kane. Who's Billy Kane? Title card. Billy Kane is. Billy Kane hails from the Fatal Fury franchise, <gasps> much like Terry Bogart. Of course he does. His job is Geese Howard's personal attendant. He likes his kid sister, Lily. He's from London. Billy and Lily Kane. Okay. Nice. Billy he, and Lily Kane. Mm -hmm. He just likes orders. <laughs> I'm going to be the, like, the assistant of Geese. But don't you tell me what to do, Geese. <laughs> okay. Weird choice of dislikes. <laughs> uh, also dislikes dirty clothing and cigarettes. Fair. Can't guess what his hobby is, Nick. Is it fighting or getting into scraps? Nick, his hobby is doing laundry. What? <laughs> I... <laughs> These are very interesting These are very characters. idiosyncratic characters. They really are. These are very, like, I well thought out. I can't wait till we have the episode, like, six episodes down the line where it's all the characters engaging in their downtime. <laughs> and it's just Billy in the laundromat being like, oh, yeah, yeah this stain's going to come right out. And then someone walks up and is like, why are you spraying vinegar on that? It's like, well, it's quite simple, mm. really. The vinegar will break down the enzymes. I love the moment when I get to add the fabric softener. <laughs> He's just looking into the dryer and just smiling and nodding, going, mm. oh, that's going to yes. come out great. For, like, life, the laundry is, I don't know, some bullshit. 
And much as the dryer spins, so too do we spin the spiral of death and So life. too do I spin my staff in battle. <laughs> it's the philosophy, the way of the London Billy Kane. His favourite food is egg dishes and his kid sister's cooking. Oh, Don't give me that. Don't give me that. Oh, no. He, ju- he just likes egg dishes. His forte in sports is pole vaulting. Makes sense. He fights with a big Fair pole. enough. Fair enough. And his special skill is playing long guitar solos. <laughs> Is this going to come up later? Now, you know it's not being in a band or anything. It's playing long guitar solos. So I like to imagine that he's uh, much like Jack Black's character in School of Rock. (laughs) Just just consistently ruined every band he's been in through his love of long guitar solos. I remember back when I was in a band, we were auditioning people. One of our friends, uh, we got him in. For like one session to be like, let's see how he is. Literally, he played like a 20 minute guitar solo that was like... Well, that was very much in line with the philosophy of your former band, wasn't it? Uh, no, it wasn't. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> we were like, let's do some riffs. Let's do some like actual songwriting. And then like he... This was pre when we formed formed the band. This was when we were still auditioning people. Right. He came in, he was like, yeah, I'm really into like Tool Here's my like pedal board and he was like super into effects and then just laying one note for like two minutes. <laughs> we were like, yeah, you might not be a good fit for us. Oh, man. okay. So yeah. And he was like, yeah, I agree. We were like, cool. And finally his fighting style is Bojutsu. What is Bojutsu? Jim is fighting with the staff. Ah, Bo. And his name is Kane, which is like another word for a piece of wood that you oh, hit people with. I get it now because he's Billy Kane. Oh, apparently his family name Kane is meant to be pronounced like Con or Khan, as in James Khan, an American actor. What? Khan? Yeah. Billy, Billy Khan. Billy Khan. That is a dope artwork, though. And that's basically his old deal. <laughs> he has nothing important right now. He's just there being yeah. geese's. So Rio rocks up and is like, Billy, get out of my way. Stop protecting geese. And geese is like, nah, I'm going to keep protecting geese. And they fight and he does like staff combat, you know. Um, Rio holds his own against him. Yeah. And the staff, it's like both a longbow staff, but also one of those um, it turns chain, into, chain connected. Yeah. It turns into three staffs. Yeah. There's a word oh, for that, but I can't remember like, what it is. There's a couple of like CIA mooks there. Who, we we cracked up yeah, at this. This is a good moment. One of them goes to get out a gun and is like, hey, I'll just fucking shoot that guy. There are no cops in Southtown. <laughs> uh, and then Goro is behind them and like a cartoon character, he clonks their heads together. Oh, no God. interfering with guns. This is honorable king of fighting. And then uh, nearby, two other guys are just like whistling, being like, oh no, we weren't going to yeah. shoot him. We, we're not going to fight. like, come on, guys, let them king of fight. <laughs> Let them fight King. Oh, so we haven't talked about Billy's appearance. He's wearing that. He looks like Bandit Keith from Yu Gi Oh! <laughs> okay. Uh, he's, he's wearing that bandana. Yeah, and he's wearing a now leather I, jacket. Now that I look at it, it might actually just be a Union Jack rather than an American. Oh, true, flag. true. Yeah. You make a good point. Mm. Um, so I want to draw attention to his leather jacket, which is navy blue. It's got like an icon in the background with text above and below. Below the text is uh, the, future the future is, is now. now, which is yeah. like the SNK lo- uh, slogan. Mm-hmm. Uh, but above it, it says real bout. And there was one scene later in this, in this series of episodes where I could have sworn for a second it said, um, what did I think it said? Real soup? Yeah, real soup. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, That's n- do you mean real bout? And you were like, yes, yes, I do. <laughs> Billy Kane, known for his famous slogan, Real Real Soup. soup. Real Soup Kane. Occupation, Soup Magnate. (laughs) It's Real Soup. Why are you working for for geese? Well, you know. He's got good distribution. You've seen his food trucks? He owns the hotel. Mm. I can learn a lot about Mm. soup from working there. Mm -hmm. Best chefs in town. Billy Kane here. (laughs) 
Jeez. I'm here to advertise my new line of soups. Famous, famous fighter Billy Kane from the King of Fighters tournament, sponsored by Billy Kane's Real Soup. Hello it, and welcome to Breaking News it's TV. It's real. Welcome to Breaking News TV, where we have the latest soup news. Billy, tell us about your real soup. Why is it breaking market trends? Hands over, Mike. It's me, Billy Kane. Incredible news <laughs> stories. Everyone realizes Benamaru didn't get in the taxi with them, and he's pushing through the crowd of other people. Yeah, that the have crowd, just... crowd of looky loos that have come to watch the street fight that's happening, and they're all like, "Oh my god, what's happening over there?" And Benamaru's like, "Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, Benamaru here. Hey, Rio, I was trying to fight you before. Come fight me." And then he joins. The... Then it's a triple battle, and. They're both like, is that guy on your side? No, is that guy on your side? Who is this friggin' idiot? And so now Benamaru's fighting both of them. No. And they're fighting each other. Oh my god. It's a three-way battle. Oh my god. Wow, that's Billy, the Southtown martial arts champion. Says Benamaru. Yeah. Hey guys, fight both of me. <laughs> Does he actually say no. both of me? No. Oh. Keo has a moment that he obsesses in, with in his two scenes over the next two episodes. Wow, there's that guy in the red baseball cap again. Watching the fight. Who is he? He seems like a really strong fighter, even though I've only seen him twice in my entire and life. And all he did was catch some suitcases. <laughs> so Terry is standing just in the crowd, looking just down. Just not doing anything. Trying not to watch the fight so much as be like, this is Geese Towers. Yeah, Geese I'll Towers. come back here one day. Yeah, maybe I'll come here in an episode or two's time. Oh, I would, wouldn't I? <laughs> so there's a joke here where I don't... Get, oh, I don't this. get it. Yeah, no. So they're like, I'm Benamaru. Fight me, guys. I don't care if you're Benamaru or Benny Sankaku. What does that mean? So, what's Sankaku? San okay, I've got a response here. I've searched Sankaku and I get Sankaku Complex. Browse. What's mm -hmm. Sankaku Complex? Uh, that looks like... Whoa, that is like some hentai shit. That is some straight up hentai. I'm going to just leave this webpage. <laughs> I feel like... Sankaku 2010. So it's like a Japanese word, evidently. Okay, but what, what does it mean? What does Senkaku mean, my friend? Why am I Russian? So there's a 2010 movie called Senkaku in which Momose, who used to be a street punk, lives with his girlfriend Kayo. Trouble brews for the couple when Kayo's younger sister Momo moves into their home for the summer. Momose finds himself gradually being drawn to the free-spirited ways of Momo. Oh, interesting. Is this like some gross shit? Is this some weird... hang on. Liam, I got bad news. We're not going to find the answer here. Well, according to definitions.com, it's a 2010 Japanese film directed by Keisuke Yoshida. God damn it. Urban Dictionary? Inside no, Sankaku. No, that was about, like, sex stuff. <laughs> Excellent. Don't need that. Liam, you're never going to find the answer. You're never going to find it. I just, I need to... <laughs> I, I need an answer. Liam, your veins are showing. English meanings. Triangle. Triangular. A three-sided polygon. Is it because it's a three-way fight? I guess. And he's like, he's Benny Sankaku because he's making it three ways. I guess. Yeah. Okay, sure. Is that funny? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, he's like, don't give me a lame name like Benny Sankaku. I'm Benamaru. I'm cool. Look, I can do like lightning punches. And he does. He like knocks down. Yeah, someone. Billy goes flying. And they're like, wow, I sure did try to block that lightning with my staff. And he gets blasted away. And then um, he does the weird kicky thing. Benamaru and, um, and Rio, Rio are yes. going to punch each other. 
And then it's like intercuts of them doing like big wind-ups and running at each other and they go to punch. But then, oh, Keo is standing between them and he catches both their punches with his arms outstretched. And I realised, I remember remarking this to you when we watched it last week, like if they had done those two punches without him standing there, they would have just been way too far away <laughs> from each other. It's just the beautiful, it's a beautiful pose because they're like outstretched already. Yeah. And then Keo is outstretched holding each other back. Directly between. So it's like, you know, that's that's social distancing right there between that's, the two of them. That's like a good a metre and a half, yeah. maybe two metres between them. And then everyone just stops fighting. Yeah. And Let's focus on Billy right now. Oh, but we're not done fighting. Oh, I'm going to go tell Geese. I'm telling. And I think Keo's like, don't do that. Yeah, Keo's like, tell Geese he can't stop us from entering, entering the King of Fighters tournament. <gasps> the King of Fighters tournament? Oh my God. If you want to fight me, Get geese via Billy, get in the ring. Anyway, I'm Kyo. Oh, great, I'm Ryu. You mean Rio? Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna do this a lot, Liam. <laughs> this is Goro. They all make friends. Hey, I know you, Goro. You're a judo master. Mm. And Goro says maybe the only thing we've ever heard him say, which is, yeah. <laughs> I just love that the entire. Which in Japanese, time... if I recall correctly, was just like, mm. yeah, he literally is like, hi. And that's it. Yep. Gentle giant, what a lad. Oh, you're Benny Sankaku, right? Yep, I sure am. Wanna come check out my dojo? Yes, we are all friends now. Um, and then the three of them are all like, oh. Ah, ha, 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 ha. And then Keo looks back over his shoulder at where Terry was and now he is not there. <gasps> He's gone. And then hard cut to, hard geese, cut to tower. geese Tower. And Billy's there and he's not wearing his bandana anymore, revealing he's got like a top Crew knot. Cut? Yeah. S- shave sides. He's got a fade. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he's like, oh, Mr. Ge- Mr. Geese, that's me, I'm Billy. <laughs> Don't bother Sankaku Dojo, what's his name? No, uh, Sakazaki Dojo anymore. All right. So this is where Geese, crucially, as we discussed last week, gets out his iPhone and makes some calls. Hey, it's me. He calls the mysterious military looking man with the big evidence board we see in the opening but we don't hear the details of their conversation. Was he calling him? Yeah. Oh, okay. Geese calls him. And I wanted to talk about this last time. I mentioned this before on my other podcast because it comes up in murder mysteries more often, I think. Okay. But uh, I learned I learned probably in the last few months that Apple, mm-hmm. the computer and phone company, yes. doesn't allow villainous characters to use their phones in fiction. Really? So what? the... That's insane. Apparently some people um, tweaked who the murderer was in Ryan Johnson's masterpiece Knives Out when they realised, hey, everyone but this one character is using an iPhone. Oh my God. That's crazy. What? What the fuck? Oh my God. So you're telling me Apple will literally stop you from using iPhones in your media. Yeah. If you're villainous. Is this if they sponsor you or if... I don't, you know, I'm not a lawyer, but yeah, okay, presumably, right. you know, when you use that sort of stuff, there's some degree of legality regarding. Yeah. Well, like okay. for instance, it's like why in in media or anyone who's involved in some sort of like public facing broadcast, mm. if they have a um, Mac computer, they slap a sticker over the Apple logo. Yes, right. I see. That is fascinating to me. That is absolutely fascinating. So anyway, he basically is just like, yeah, don't bother the dojo. You know, have a cool time. That's it. All right, mysterious military man. Good talk. You have and, a nice day. And I think that's the whole episode. <laughs> yep. I think. Yep. Episode three, the short one that Terry's in. There are two scenes in this entire episode. We open outside. It's the- night time now. <laughs> They've walked back to the dojo. Well, the sun was setting before. I suppose. Yeah. Uh, it's now night time. 
They are walking to the dojo. Benamaru's all jazzed up. Oh man, we kind of had a fight there. You guys had one more than me, but I'm all amped up now. Anyone want to fight me? Huh? Huh? I'm Benamaru. And the others are like, no. No, we don't really listen to you when you talk, Benamaru. Anyway, um, so your move is called Ku... Oh god, I can't pronounce this. Kou? Kou? Kou Ken? Your move, Kou Ken means tiger, right? So why are you called the Invincible Dragon? Well, there's a good story behind- Oh, hey, Robert! <laughs> That's literally how it goes. And um, then Robert Garcia is there. Who the fuck the is man, Robert Garcia? The single character who's like- character model and animation is worse than everyone around him. I mean, in this episode, it was quite bad. Robert looks, he looks like, like such an NPC. He's been stunned. Robert Garcia. He's wearing like a purple silk shirt with a white pocket square. He looks so much cooler in his art on the SNK wiki. Oh my god, he, he really does. He looks like does. Antonio Banderas. He does. Oh my god. He's like a vest. And oh, like... but he's from Italy. I assume from the name he would be Spanish. No, no, he's, he's Italian, my man. Mm. Come on now. You know Japan love their Italian characters. Well, Jojo's Bizarre Adventure taught me that. Exactly. Robert Zeppoli, Caesar Zeppoli, everyone in part five, five Tonio. Exactly. Exactly. Anytime there's anything. Also, Iron Chef Italy. Come on. Everyone loves <laughs> Japanese characters to do with Italy. Robert Garcia is Italian. His blood type is AB. His job is successor of the Garcia Foundation. Ah, so he's a child of privilege. Ah, interesting. He likes collecting automobiles, mm -hmm. sushi, his family, and Yuri. Oh, he likes Yuri? You know, we could tell from the scene in this episode that he's also involved in the Where's Yuri plot. Ah, uh, yeah, I guess so. Uh, he dislikes Rakio, which is pickled scallions. Ryu forced him to try it once. You mean Ryo? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> We're oh, get Nick, that. this man has a great... This man has a hobby that there was a Simpson episode based on. Okay, hang on, hang on, hang on. Is it spitting over the side? Oh, good guess. It's also highway. not steamed hands. Um, is it... Ooh. And was it an entire episode? Yeah, it was an early one, too. Oh, shit, an early one. Like season two or three. Ooh. It's not going to be dog races then. No, not that, was not season that one. early. That's yep. like the first episode. Yeah, where they get Santa's little helper. Yeah, um, crucially. This is our Simpsons podcast. <laughs> Fuck, I would do a podcast There's about so the many of them. I know. Also, I... I I can't abide, like, unless unless you're someone who's, like, involved in a production like that, I can't abide uh, recapping discussion shows like this that do comedy because mm. all you do is just recapping a thing that's already funny yeah. worse. Yeah. Like, oh, what would it be? What was from season two or three? I have no idea. What is Producing it? futuristic concept cars. Oh, my God. <laughs> Amazing. His favourite food is yakisoba or fried buckwheat noodles and sushi. Nice. His forte in sports is motorsports and his fighting style... It's not a real sport though. <laughs> <laughs> his fighting style is Kyokugen Ryu Karate. <gasps> I like karate. how all these guys have a forte in sports that isn't martial arts even though they're all accomplished martial artists. <laughs> Well, you have to have a hobby, you know? <laughs> you have to have some other thing. He does have, have a hobby. It's producing futuristic concept cards. <laughs> yeah, for his motorsports. <laughs> Robert Garcia oh debuted God. as the deuteragonist in The Art of Fighting. Nice. Forming the second half of the Japanese series mainstake as the Raging Tiger, or the Mightiest Tiger. Ah. He is the first known foreign practitioner of Kyo Kugen Ryu Karate. Karate. According to Neo Geo Freak, he is visually modelled on Andy Garcia and Steven Seagal. Who's Andy Garcia? Andy Garcia I is... I know that name. Same. An American actor and director. 
You may know him from The Godfather Part 3, nope. The Untouchables, Internal nope. Affairs, nope. which I think is what The, De- the Departed was based on. Mm-hmm. When a Man Loves a Woman. In the 2000, he starred in Ocean's Eleven and its sequels. Oh, maybe that's how I know him. And uh, had it recently had a career resurgence in films such as Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again, Book Club, The Mule, and My Dinner with Hervé. Who is Robert Garcia? What does he stand for? What does he do? What's his modus operandi? He's the only son of Alberto Garcia, a wealthy Italian businessman and best friend of Takuma Sakazaki. <gasps> Takuma. Oh my god, that's... That's the that's the um, guy. As I as I surmise, he lived a childhood free of responsibility and privilege, mm-hmm. doted on by his loving parents who catered to his every whim. But he would sneak away from home and go to the dojo. Nice. He spied on Takuma and Ryu Sakazaki's training sessions and aspired to be like them. Alberto wanted Robert to focus on his corporate teachings and inherit the foundation, but Robert rebelled, embracing his own ambitions and running away from home. Classic. So now he's like on the run from his parents. And he learned karate. He learned karate. (laughs) Nice. Unlike Rio, Robert is a natural ace in martial arts. He's rich, he's good at everything, he makes custom cars. He's the perfect good boy from Italy. (laughs) And he knows karate. All I hear when I hear karate... Is, um, the Spongebob thing? No, no, no. The, there's a guy in Barky who does karate mm-hmm. and he always says, yeah, he's like got that, that like gravelly voice yep. and he says, you gotta know karate. Oh, okay. Um, but like, I think he does the voice of like a whole bunch of different anime characters. You'd recognize it immediately, but it's like so gravelly. And when he says karate, you're just like, oh yeah. Does he voice American Joseph Joester? Uh, no. Senior? N- no? No, I don't think so. I think he's more like, he's sort of like more of a Mugen kind of guy. Okay. You know, where... S- Steve Bloom? Maybe? I'm not does sure. Does he voice Spike Spiegel? No. Cowboy B-Boy? No, he does not. It's much gravelier than that. Okay. I mean, that guy's got surprising range. Maybe it is him then. I don't know. Okay, it doesn't matter. But damn, when he says karate, you're just like, oh, I'm listening. Oh, I'm here. So I'm just skimming Robert's bio here, and his whole thing is basically his his whole deal is basically just that he's Rio's best friend, and like he's there for him. Yeah, and he likes doing karate. Robert eventually developed romantic feelings for Yuri. <gasps> he likes Yuri, and would likely wed her if not for Takuma and Ryu, who are overprotective of Yuri. Does you mean Ryu? Yeah, <laughs> who are overprotective of Yuri. Ah, she she doesn't get a say in it apparently. No, of course not. Why would that? This is fighting games. Come on. These are old fashioned values for old fashioned people where arranged marriages are the way to go. Because I think they're more successful than not arranged ones. Okay. (laughs) You know how it goes when you can't get a divorce? Normally more successful. So Joe is. uh, Robert is in this scene. And he's like, Yuri's run away. What? Rio is shocked. Here's Here's a video of her being like, Dad. And of course, we know from this quick wiki browsing that uh, she, he, she is uh, Rio's sister. So her, her, the dad she's talking to in this is also Rio's father. I kind of lost my steam there. <laughs> Do you mean Takuma? Is that? Yeah, Takuma. Takuma. Dad, hear me out. My brother keeps trying to stop me from entering the King of Fighters tournament. Fuck so that I'm guy. running away. And and she did. Bye. She literally gives like a. Blah. Yeah, yep, like a tongue stick out and Rio's all like, that stupid girl. <laughs> I must bring if her she back. she keeps up like this, she'll never find a husband. I must bring her back. And then Robert is there being like, I could, I could, hus- I could be oh. husband. 
Ben Amari snatches the phone and is like, hey, I bumped into this girl in the airport. She's probably long gone by now. But I, I'm rich. Let me use my I, connections. I know, we know you're also rich, Robert, but I'm Ben Amaru and I'm rich and special. I'm like the richest rich. Let me call my secretary, Rachel. My Japanese secretary, Rachel. <laughs> sort this out. You don't know she's Japanese. No, no, I'm just pulling. But what if? And uh, he's all like, hey, Rachel, do me a favor, will you? Run these numbers uh, through the system and yeah. see if you can find uh, Yuri. Meanwhile, Kyo, who apparently hasn't been paying attention to any of like this, is, have you guys ever seen a fighter with a red jacket and a red hat? I keep bumping into him and he looks really cool. I want to fight him. And Rio's all like, can't say I have. We cut to... Cut to the other scene in this episode. <laughs> We're in this, like, swanky-looking bar called... Zoom. Your phone is not agreeing with that. Welcome, happy day. I think that's just a welcome sign. Well, there's no other sign on the building, Nick. That's true. It's just the top bit where you would expect letters to be is just flashing lights. There's a bunch of people just standing around having a good time until... The, like, cabaret owner? So, so it's a beautiful woman in a red dress who we get, like, status vibes from. Walks down the catwalk, like, huge catwalk in the middle of the nightclub. Yep. I thought she was going to, like, do a song or something. Yeah, that's a good point. It's but very... she didn't. She just walked over to the bar and sat next to Terry, who, in a bar with, like, varying levels of, like, formality in the dress here, is easily the schlubbiest looking guy, if it weren't for the fact that he's super cut. He's downed probably, like, eight beers at this point, yep. you can see in the background. And Angelina, <laughs> the woman in the red dress. We tried to look her up, but it turns out I think she's only from this series. So she doesn't have any information. The only SNK wiki page on her is in Spanish. <laughs> if we're wrong, let us know. Or don't. Uh, she sits down next to Terry and is all like, hey, sir. How just running going? conversational rings about him as she he is flummoxed by her beauty and he stands up and tries to shake her hands and she doesn't because it's not COVID safe. It's not that kind of club. Will you buy me a drink? Oh, sure, yeah, I'll buy you a drink for a beautiful lady. Oh, I'm Terry. Uh, she gets like a gin and She then... leans in close to him, huge close up on her cleavage and she's like, hey, Terry. I feel like we've... She doesn't say his name. I feel like we've met before. Do I know you? No, no, I've... Uh, I just just arrived in Southtown. Couldn't be me. And then she like goes back to her drink and is like, oh, This is a nice bar. Oh, really? It belongs to my father-in-law. Geese. <gasps> Angelina's father-in-law is geese? Oh, my God. And he immediately perks it. So, hang on. Angelina is married, that means. Yeah. To Geese's son. Which King of Fighters lore leads me to believe would be Rock Howard, Terry's eventual adopted son, but perhaps not. I don't know. Unless it's a very... has multiple children with a significant age difference. Unless it's an arranged marriage, which as you said... <laughs> they last very long these days. <laughs> Terry immediately perks up at mentions of Geese, but tries to play it cool. And is like, wow, Geese, he's a big shot. Does he often come here? And Angelina's like... <sighs> No. <laughs> no. He owns the place, but he's rarely in. Sounds to me like you're more interested in my father. Uh, and I think Terry's like, no. Um Terry has a very interesting line of dialogue here, which I want to share as a direct quote. Okay. He grabs her wrist and says, sorry, I didn't mean that. I'll chug this down, so forgive me. And then he chugs his beer. <laughs> Literally straight up downs his beer in one hit. And she, she forgives him. <laughs> um, we get a shot of the beer. Which is beer. The treasure light. No, treasure the life. <laughs> treasure the life. It's got a big keg on it. Yeah, like a classic like wine cask. 
Um, and it's got weird... Just beer emblazoned in it. Yeah. Treasure the life. It's just so silly. Oh. Um, and so then Angela You have like, a cute cap. Can I have it? No! No one can have my special cap. Terry, like, twists it around his head so that we can see it says Fatal Fury. Yeah. Uh, and... Angelina's all like, I'll buy you a new one instead. And they're flirting, but then Terry has to spring into action and punch a bottle out of the air that was going to hit Angelina. <gasps> and so he does like almost dance moves. Yeah, he her. like dips her like you would in like a, a tango, tango yeah. uh, to avoid a chair that was flying at her. And then while they're in this dip and the whole world stands still as they kiss and we get one of those like <laughs> slow pans because it's destined to true love, apparently. So Angelina's looking up at Terry as... <laughs> Terry's eyes are wide open <laughs> in the kiss. So literally it goes from Angelina being like, I can just buy you it." No, Terry being like, I can buy you a new one. Yeah. To, oh my God, a bottle's coming this way. Grab punch, Angelina. Dip, punch, dip. Kiss. And then just Boom. Angelina looks up as like, oh, this is the moment. And kisses Terry. Ooh. And then Terry's like, what the fuck? With his eyes. Adult Terry hasn't had many scenes in this, but I got the impression they were pushing him as cool. But he's very not cool in this scene. He has no idea what he's doing in social situations. I mean, socially, sure. But in every other regard, pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, he did punch a bottle out of the air without even seeing it coming. Exactly. Um, so there are some mooks. Turns out a bunch of mooks are fighting this guy uh, over a, a lost match of pool. Of pool. Uh, one of them pulls out a gun and is like, hey, get the fuck out of here, punk. You Calling don't deserve to win this game of pool. Calling in backup isn't going to change your thing. Accept your loss. You promised to bark like a dog if you lost. And then he's fighting the guys. The guy pulls out a gun. And then Terry punches the gun out of the guy's hands. Like, oh no, he's got a friend. Get him too. And Terry's like, oh, well, time for me to leave. Terry out. And Angelina's all like, I'm holding you to buying me that new cap. And he's like, I'm Terry. Burning. <laughs> and they, they run. They run out the back door. They chase. And the guy is like, oh, Miss Angelina, I work for you. Uh, and we realise his name is Simon because Angelina's like, Simon, stop it. Yeah. Stop it, Simon. So, third out of three episodes today. Terry and the man that we learn is called Joe mm -hmm. have run out of the bar all the way into the suburbs to the house that still has a mailbox out the front of it that says Jeff from his childhood. Now, Jeff has been dead now, for ten years? At least. Uh, and the mailbox is still there. So who owns the mailbox? Because certainly uh, Andy has been in another country and Terry has been flying around. Yeah. Do they still own the lease? <laughs> Maybe. Do they still pay their taxes? I guess. Does, uh, did a new man named Jeff just happen to move in there? He's <laughs> like, oh, mailbox already has the right name on it. Oh, well, I love it. I've, I've, I love the first sight. Come Don't on. love the house, but I simply must have this mailbox. Yes, me, Jeffrey, and my wife, Jeffeline. We, we love it. <laughs> yes, and this shall be Jeff House. Oh, we'll name our son Jeff. Well, of course, my wife is of Hispanic descent, so we should call our son Jefe. Ah, Jefe. Spelled J-E-F-F. Yes, as, as is tradition. <laughs> wow, we sure did run back here. Yeah, my name's Joe. Woof. Joe Higashi. Who is Joe Higashi? Well, I know Joe Higashi is just like the third guy in uh, Fatal Fury. Yep. <laughs> and that he's... The impression that I got from this episode is he's very much like Andy and Terry are there for revenge and Joe is kind of just also there. He's... I know he's more of a martial artist than Terry. Right. But so I don't know how he's much He's from more. Japan. Mm -hmm. He's a Muay Thai fighter as his occupation, ah, professionally speaking. Yep. He likes himself and his headband. 
He dislikes dressing up. Wait, did you say his profession is Muay Thai? Yeah. What? Oh my god. He's okay. a professional fighter. Nice. His hobbies are fighting and kenka, which is quarrelling or drunken brawling. So <laughs> fighting and f- drunken fighting. So his whole shtick right now is he does fighting. Getting the for a impression living. he's not a very rich character. <laughs> He likes the headband that he wears to fight in, and yep. he likes fighting. His favourite food is fried alligator bits. Because you have to fight the chew. <laughs> His forte in sports is all forms of combative sports. <laughs> okay, good. His special skill is seduce. 99% success rate and personal conversation. 99% success rate and personal conversation. <laughs> On what level... Has he tracked 99% his... of the time, it works every time. I'm Joe, and I'm seducing you. <laughs> and then you're like, wow, I, I didn't like, even realise I, I was being works. seduced. Incredible. Most unpleasant, dressing up. Favourite music, Da Enka. Don't know what that is. Not going to look it up. Da Enka. Sounds German. It does sound a little German, doesn't it? Fighting style, Muay Thai. His official nickname is the Young Champ of Muay Thai. Nice. He knows what he's about. Yeah. He's he tried just... to date Lily Kane, a relationship of which her brother greatly disapproves. <laughs> Wait, did it work? Is he are they an item or not? Unclear. Look, I'm browsing his page and there's not really a lot to joke. There's there's just a lot of fighting yeah. and then a lot more fighting. There's just a lot of doing Muay Thai. He's very into being a good fighter. He has some limited aerokinesis, the power of controlling air and wind, as we see in this episode. Mm. He seems to have a running gag of sorts where his legend is, quote, just beginning in his endings throughout the series. Ah. So he seems to be in a place of, like, perpetual stasis. (laughs) He's like, I'm going to be the best fighter there ever was, and now my journey really begins. Mm -hmm. And then it's like he wins every tournament, and now my journey really begins. Joe is meant to be a clownish character and a life of the party type. He was modelled after the lead character of Abere Hakachukaku. <laughs> Give it to me. Let me have a look at that. Uh, Abere Hakachukaku. <laughs> yeah, it's hard, um, isn't it? Abere du- Hakachukaku. The double C-H is hard. Yeah, what's the double C mean? Well, Abere it's not Italian, so Abre we can Hakachuk- rule out the rules we know from... Oh, yeah. this took me to a Japanese oh, no. language Wikipedia page. Well, that's it. That's all we get on Joe. <laughs> yeah. He's into fighting. He likes fighting. And he does fighting. So, speaking of fighting, they, intru- they introduce each- themselves to each other, Joe and Terry, that is, and then immediately Andy leaps out of the sky and starts fighting Terry. <gasps> what? Like he just leaps out of the sky. And Terry's like, whoa, <laughs> attack. They fight. There's, they're... Like, we, we learn it's a friendly match in subsequent scenes, but they're not holding back. They're doing, like, flame kicks and... Yeah, so Andy is, like, blue, Terry is red. Yeah. And Andy they is have a very... a classic Red Ranger, Blue Ranger yeah. dynamic. Uh, Andy's very much, like, structured and kind of, like, you know, doing smooth moves while Terry is very brutish and just going for the punch. And then, whoomph, Andy Bogard, title card, with really dumb-looking face. Yeah, Andy... Terry's brother. We don't care about him as much. Oh my god, look at him in this actual thing. Resplendent. His job slash occupation is ninja. Uh, I wanted to be a ninja (laughs) when I grew up. He likes pictures from his times in training. Okay, that's very American psycho. Dislikes dogs. Fair, fair. Very American psycho. Yeah. Hobbies training. Oh, okay. He's very much the anti-Terry. He's very much the anti-Terry. His favourite food is fermented soybean or natto and spaghetti. Hey! Hey! <laughs> His forte in sports 
is short track cycling. Short track cycling. Yeah. Is that a joke? Are you are you kidding me? Well, he would certainly ride the bicycle better than Oh yeah, Rio. Rio. Oh man. Special kit, special skill, meditation. Most unpleasant, Terry being a better fighter than him. Favourite music? None. He likes it quiet. Wow. He likes meditation. His official nickname is the human weapon or whole body weapon. That feels like cheating. <laughs> like, if you're being like, oh, my arms are my swords, that's cool. If you're saying like, my whole body is the weapon, it's like, okay, slow it down, son. Unless you've got like something inside you, like a bomb. I don't think your whole body is a weapon. I think you're taking this much more literally. Well, I'm, just, I'm just saying, like, you know, you gotta, you got to sound cooler than that, you know? Uh, when Geese killed their father, Andy decided to perfect his own martial art over at Japan to differentiate himself from his brother. He was taught the Shiranui Ryu Ninjutsu. Sure, I'll believe that. And a form of empty-handed combat called Kopuken. <gasps> Kopuken. He was developed to be lamer than Terry Bogart. The developers often say, we did a really good job on him. We did a really good Too job good. of making him a sort of lamer, more serious version of Terry. He still has long hair, but not as cool. According to Terry's character album, he is well aware of Andy's desires to surpass him and recognises him to be his greatest living rival. Mm. To counter his brother's effort, Terry constantly strives to improve himself by fighting stronger opponents. I thought, I thought that was going to end with, in order to counter him, he often poisons his food. <laughs> <laughs> it, here is an interview with Andy from Neo Geo Freak 1998. Hello Andy, how are you? What is your aspiration in this competition? If you don't care about the two letters of the championship, it's a lie. I intend to relax enough and come to the tournament. Wow. Who would you like to fight the most? My brother. Brother. Who would you like to team up with? Who would you not like to team up with? The one I team up with is Joe and my brother. However, I feel sorry for Mai every year, so I would like to join with Mai once. We don't know who Mai is yet. Yeah, Billy I know is who the Mai man is. who I don't want to team up with. Ah, uh, classic. What is KOF for you? I think it's one of the lessons. <laughs> Uh, okay, sure. Finally, please give a word to your fans. Please refer carefully to the result of the lesson well. What is the lesson? Who cares? <laughs> That's Andy. We don't really care about him. We care more about our friend Terry. and lover, Terry. Wow, it sure is good to hug you again, Terry and Andy. Yes, it is good to hug you again, Terry and Andy. Not COVID safe. Not COVID safe. So Andy says, Joe heard about our revenge plan and has come to help out. That's kind of his whole deal. Let's go storm Geese Tower now. And uh, Ben is all like, yeah. No, Joe. Joe is all like, yeah, let's go do that, I guess. I'll follow Andy. Yeah. And Joe looks and very Terry is like, we can't just go straight there now. Wow, Terry, you've turned into more of a coward as you got stronger. Remember how we had that other conversation right in this very street ten years ago? <gasps> That's callbacks. Oh my god. That's actual writing in this show. If you're too afraid, we'll handle this ourselves. And they take two steps. Andy, you're impatient as ever. Can't you show some restraint? I've waited 10 years. I can't wait anymore. Hey, wait. Oh my God, we're about to get hit by this huge truck. That appeared out of fucking nowhere. And the truck driver says, fools, do you want to die? <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> big end boss energy from this truck driver. Imagine if like a guy bust through that door, put an exam on like, yeah, like you're you talking lap. about like, What's the door oh the door in the recording yeah, in studio in this room put an exam on your lap and went fools do you want to fail the prince 2 certification exam no they notice that the truck is hauling geese howard hotel themed cargo and then 
Terry does the most sly smile. Big sly smile. Does a little I'm formulating one of my famous Terry plans. Uh, and then we cut to... Cut to the other protagonists. Benamaru's drunk and they're carrying him home. Goro is carrying him on his shoulder. And Benamaru's all like, wow, that was really great. You should... We sure are looking for Yuri. Yeah. And that's basically that whole scene, right? Oh, and also... Kyo is like, Ryo says he doesn't know about the man in the red jacket. I'd love to fight him. That's the whole scene. Yeah, Terry has driven, is now wearing the truck driver clothes and is driving up to the entrance to Guy's Tower. Meanwhile, in the Joe back. Joe in the back is eating all the refrigerated packs of food. And he's like, I haven't eaten. I'm really hungry. Do you want some? And no. And he's just like, no. But then after we cut away, then... He is also eating. Yeah. Uh, Classic Andy. But ominous close-up on cargo in the truck, which has radiation hazard warning in it. I remarked to you, what if they all just died of radiation poisoning? And I was like, oh yeah, that's in the real possibility of this show. This is the shot. This is the shot as they're pulling up the truck Uh where Billy Kane is waiting to receive the cargo. And I swear, that looks so much like it says real soup. (laughs) Liam, I have real bad news for you. That definitely says real bout. But when it was in motion, like that T, that, that, <laughs> the kerning on that T is real dodgy. Uh-huh. Is it, is it just? It absolutely is. It clearly has two sides. But that could be like a, um, you know, like one of the fancy, like, understanding by it, Nick. Liam. Hashtag real soup is real. <laughs> Hashtag real soup. Yeah. We're bringing it back, okay? Listeners, tweet at us with your favourite King of so- Fighters moments with the hashtag... Real soup. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Billy moves towards the truck and is all like, is everything in order? And, and Terry's driving like, and is like, yep. And then he goes to check the mook that's at like the door is all like, hmm, let me check the back. And Terry's like, hey, let me in already. I haven't got time for this shit. Yeah, and but the like, back is opening and... Uh, well, they get let in first. Oh yeah, they're, and they're, then they're through the threshold. Yeah, they're through they're the threshold. They're gonna open it up the back, and they're like, oh no, they're gonna, they're gonna spring us. And Billy's there and he's, he smashes the concrete floor again. <laughs> And he's going to strike them, but then Terry intercepts. <gasps> Who are you? Says uh, Billy. And Terry's like, Who knows? <laughs> Wait, what do you mean, who knows? Who knows? Take a guess, he says. Oh, well, he really does mm-hmm. just say that, doesn't he? They fight. Uh, everyone gets a good couple of shots beating up a mook to establish their bona fides as mook beater-uppers. I very much enjoy that you can definitely tell the three styles of fighting they have. Yeah. So Terry is like brutishly just punching he's, guys. He's sort of freestyling. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile... Joe he's is leaping all around. Yeah. He's up in the sky. Joe's sort of like... Oh no, like, sorry. That's Andy. Yeah. Joe is... Joe's like kind of more controlled. Yeah. But he's still like loose, like not flimsy, but just sort of loosey-goosey. Controlled case. Terry squares up to uh, Billy and does his signature taunt. Hey, come on, come on. And you were like, he said it, he yeah. said the thing. And then he catches the staff with just the palm of his hand, even though it appears to be full of fire energy. <laughs> and uh, and they fight... Like, oh. A lot, uh, lot of fireballs flying around, blah, blah, blah. They fling each other back. Yeah, it's all very evenly matched because this show is afraid to make anyone look bad. Yep, and T- then... Billy does one of his signature moves, which is emblazoned on the screen. Uh, it is the Shokayan Sempuken. Which is apparently spinning his staff around to make a big ring of fire. And then Terry does his classic power geyser, as seen in Super Smash Bros. The beams collide and make a big collision. And they're like, let's hurry, let's run away. Oh no, big geese energy. <gasps> geese Howard emerges from dark fog. Wearing like his classic mob boss, Japanese mob boss outfit. So you've got like the big pants that are like, like real big out. skirt. 
Big skirt? Yeah, it's like a big skirt. It's not a skirt. Yeah, it is. It's fucking dope. It's pants. I think we're going to have to do a agree to disagree on this one. Okay, all right. Anyway, he's wearing his pants and... Uh, Which I his... think it pairs quite nicely with his armbands. Mm. Same red colour, same yellow piping. Yeah, I think they're gloves. Oh, so they are. Yeah, he's wearing his gloves so that no but, one gets but the they're fingerprints. Like, they're gloves that go all the way up to your yeah, elbows. Yeah. With like metallic braces. And he looks and a, as evil as ever. And then just a basic white gi. Mm. Eviler than ever, in fact, because a snake head looms in the darkness behind him like a stand. And which I goes, assume is the Orochi from the opening. And I think he says, Billy, let them through. Yeah, let them through and I'll attack them with my special magics. The three protagonists, Terry, they Joe, are, and the other one. They are buffeted by his dark energy. And much like in every scene of Bleach, they're like, wow, such Ryatsu. My God, that's the power. everything that happens in Bleach. They walk into a room and then like, wow, such energy. Who is this new opponent? And then they fight. And they win. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. You're not going anywhere. Don't worry, guys. I'm Joe. I've got this. He does a move called Screw Upper. And I remark to you that Joe's a real screw upper. <laughs> which harsh of you, Creates really. a tornado. And then when the tornado dissipates, they are gone. But we also see they're just over there and running away. <laughs> Although it's like, shit, where they go? Turn which around. And then just... <laughs> which was funny, but I feel like they didn't mean for it to be funny. Yeah, they were probably like, oh, they're so far away. Yeah. But it was just comical. Yeah. It's like uh, like in any parody martial arts movie or cartoon mm. where someone throws a smoke bomb and then when the smoke is clearing, you still see them just like leaving. Running away. Yeah. It's like, quick after you. No, let them go. But I can catch up. No, let them go. Um, and so Billy's all like, we have to get them. And Geese is like, no. Unload the stuff. Get the stuff out. I'll of tell you one thing. I don't need a guard dog who has nothing but loyalty to me. Remember that, Billy. And Billy's like, what? Billy's like, yeah. I'm just over here with my real soup jacket. <laughs> it says real bat. It has never said real soup. It didn't look like it said it. And then we realise a guy who we've never seen before called Clark Still is on the rooftop with like a Bluetooth headset on watching the whole thing. He's been watching this entire time. and He's, he's wearing like, sunglasses at night. He looks like a cop. And he's like, there's been an incident into his little headset. Yeah. And his handler is like, quit smoking on duty. Who's Clark Still? Clark Still is uh, from Metal Slug, apparently. Holy shit, what? He likes. Uh, his job is Ikari Warrior Lieutenant. Okay. He likes his sunglasses. He dislikes slugs. His hobbies are gun collecting. Wow. His favourite food, oatmeal. 14 sports, wrestling. His weapon, several firearms during Ikari Warriors. Several firearms, explosives, and a combat knife in Metal Slug. Nice. His fighting style is mercenary combat. Dude, that's dope. Clark Steel, sometimes known as Clark Steel, is a character from the Akari Warriors, Metal Slug, and King of Fighters video game series. His official nickname is Cool and Tough. Oh, sorry, Tough and Cool. You had one job. <laughs> During the early stages of King of Fire's development, the team intended Ralph and Clark to be shirtless in order to express the feeling of Ikari or rage, but the higher-ups ordered them to update their designs to make them look more modern. Mm. To differentiate them, they gave Ralph a bandana and Clark a hat and sunglasses. Nice. Who's Ralph? D don't know, don't care. Excellent. That's he not how we do this, Nick. He doesn't have a title card. Yeah, exactly. In 1995, Clark got a newer stance and win pose while Ralph retained his old ones. In every new instalment of the King of Fighters series, Clark seems to be further and further differing from Ralph. Mm. While Clark is a powerful grappler, Ralph is more of a power player. Interesting. Of course. It all makes sense. It all makes sense. It all comes together. 
He's just basically in this scene and his handler is like quit smoking on duty and he's like, I'm not. And then there's all these cigarette butts in front of him. Clean up those cigarette butts, says his unseen handler. And uh, Ralph is, and Clark is just like, Cliff. How did he, how did he know? Cliff? Um, it's Clark. I'm checking. Clark. Come on, Liam. Come on now. I know my king of fighters. And it's Clark. And then big red moon in the sky. They've killed Rom the vacuous spider. <laughs> Mad men have toiled in surreptitious rituals to beckon the moon. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we get a close-up shot of Kyo meditating. Sitting on a huge bed. We're talking queen, king size. Yeah, I wish I had that size bed. Meditating and having visions of big snake teeth and yellow snake eye. And uh, he looks deeply perturbed in his meditation. Yeah. And then that's the end. (laughs) That's the end of the episode. Boom. Boom. Nick, king of fighters. I like it. What's going to happen next? (sighs) No highlights, lowlights? Oh yeah, we do that. Highlight, uh, Terry punching that bottle. No, actually, highlight was the kiss where the earth stood still in the middle of a barroom brawl. Nice. I want to say my highlight just has to be, um, I mean, it's obviously Terry. Terry fighting Andy and just obviously being like... Oh, you mean Andy abruptly leaping out of the sky? Just that entire scene Mm -hmm. of just like, hey, Andy's here. Now we have to go fight geese. Oh, by the way, a truck is here. Just that like entire bit. I was like, I'm into this. Awesome. Yep. My low light, I don't care for Joe. You don't care for Joe? He's... He has no reason to be there. But he's friends with Andy. Yep. Best friends. He's there for him. He's his buddy. Okay. Yeah. Well, my low light is probably going to have to be the entire second episode's animation. Yeah, it was bad they... animation. It especially was... especially oh in the scenes with Keo and Rio. Oh my God, it was so bad. Like we were watching it. We were like, this, this is bad. It seems very bad. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, around this time, I would normally ask... Oh, well, first of all, do we want to talk about what's going to happen next? Or should we just... Mm, I don't know. Yeah, they're going to fight. They're going to find... They're going to look for Yuri. Yeah. They're going to fight a new guy. They'll probably meet that that one woman we haven't met yet. Mai? Yeah. I hope we meet Mai. I, I want mean, to see she's what in, she's She's like. in the opening and stuff. Yeah, I want to see what she's like. Geese will have an ominous phone call with that military guy, but he won't do anything for a while yet. Will we see Rugal yet? Um, no, I don't think so. Oh. oh, and Terry and Andy and Joe will regroup and be like, whoa, that was too intense. He's so strong. We need to find more allies. I saw some guys at the airport that looked pretty strong. Ooh, maybe. Or maybe Kyo will just find them. Yeah. Wow, red hat guy, you look pretty strong. Do you want to take down Geese? Do you want to fight me? And then do they'll, I? They'll have a brief fight and they're like, wow, I sure do respect you now. This show is stupid. I fucking love it, Liam. I fucking love it. I, and I think from next week, we will start adding a segment here where we ask, do we want to keep doing this? <laughs> okay. And I think the answer will inevitably be, probably. We'll see. Yeah. Okay. Um. If you've enjoyed this content, you can support us on patreon.com slash Jojo's World. Yeah. You can follow mainly Liam on Twitter at Jojo's Liam Podcast. S. Smith. <laughs> There's at Jojo's Podcast. There's Liam S. Smith and me, Milk Juice, with two O's. That's me. And until guns. next time, to, to be continued. continued.